What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? All right, guys, so we're talking a lot about parades and, of course, the Rams parade. You know what? I think this parade is where the Lakers and the Dodgers should have joined the Rams. So today, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and Matthew Stafford were actually on a float on a parade on Main Street in Disneyland. If you want to join them anywhere, you know what? Set that up with the mouse because the Rams need their own parade. And for once, I wasn't at Disneyland, so I'm kind of bummed about it because the pictures look great. So Stafford, Aaron Donald, and Cooper Cup were riding um, with the mouse today. That's where they had their first parade. So they already had a parade. Nice. The Lakers could have joined them there. Just saying. <laughs> I liked I liked how casual everybody was too. Like Matthew Stafford's wearing just, you know, shorts and a hoodie t shirt and Aaron Donald's short sneakers. I mean, everybody just super cash. Um uh Cooper Cup is like doing poses with Spider Man. And it, it's it's today's Monday at Disneyland. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I really have no sense of what kind of a crowd there would be there. And you just figure it's like, wow, these guys, they got done with the game. They went to the team hotel. They probably celebrated and partied all night only to have to go to Disneyland the next day to be like paraded around. I'm sure they're getting paid good money, you know, to to be there. But I thought to myself, man, these guys are probably wiped out, haven't slept, partying, just put on a pair of shorts and a pair of sneakers. Like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm at Disneyland. Dude happiest place on earth they're okay they're getting treated like they should be they got glasses on so ain't nobody could see all the crazy red eyes they good they're good i just wonder how many people are there on a you know on a monday afternoon you know i actually had a reservation yeah i had a reservation and i canceled it Mm -hmm. because i i just i was like there's no way i can go but i'm like man i should have went this looks fun but you There's know, what? a lot of people who figured like, oh, they're going to go to Disneyland right if they win the Correct. Super Bowl. So yeah. probably a lot of mm-hmm. people that are there mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah, yep. exactly. I got a what you need to know real quick if I can throw one in there. Yeah, of course. It's your show. Go for it. I, I mean, it's 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 our show. Um, but okay, you know what I mean? The, um, the <laughs> so this is a sportsy one, but this is interesting because it just popped up my timeline. Tell me. Um, Bill Orem. Our friend who covers the Lakers from the Athletic. Apparently, there's a story today in the Athletic about Magic Johnson being one of the, you know, the 75th anniversary, all that stuff. But in that story, there is a paragraph about how Genie Bus, how Magic still remains one of the key voices in the Lakers' orbit. With Genie Bus's team floundering this season, she sought out Magic to ask, "Should I be concerned?" And then. She sat. So that's what she told the athletic. I sat down with him. I said, should I be concerned? What are you seeing? And he just talked about, you know, the injuries and the team hadn't had a chance to be together. So, you know, he's very calm and insightful. And, it, you know, I appreciate his, his seeing the big picture instead of reacting to every game. But I think that's a fascinating thing that Magic is kind of back in the orbit and that their friendship has uh, overcome whatever issues there may have been when he quit a couple years ago. You know what I think is really interesting about that also is, look, Jeannie Buss has been around basketball her entire life. Yes. But, you know, hey, if I want the opinion of somebody who was a legendary player and who maybe has a better sense of these sorts of things than I do, even though I'm a lifer and my dad owned the team and now I own the team, and I I still think that's pretty impressive to say, hey, Magic, I still want your opinion. Give me what you think is going on here. I, I like that out of Genie Bus. I think that's good leadership. 
you know, G- I ran into Jeannie. I passed by her as I was going to a, a party on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, she didn't ask me for my opinion, but I mean, whatever. You know, I would have given it to her. I'm sure you would have. I mean, there, therein lies the difference of, of an opinion she is seeking, in this case, yeah. you know, from magic versus one yeah. she can get every day on the radio. She knows your yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. She does know my opinion. But I would have thought maybe she would have been like, can you can you give me a little more? You know, since I know you're probably holding some stuff back. She probably would have said something to you like, so, George, let me ask you this. I just want your opinion on something. Um, do you make your own homemade guacamole or do you buy store-bought guacamole? Give me an no, opinion I on that. No, I go to Pavilions and they make it for me every day. You mean they don't make that. it for the whole store? They, they host it down I mean, for the whole here. store, oh, it happens okay. to be for me, too. thought maybe you walked in you're like, yo, I'm in the house. Can I get some guac? No. I mean, no. it is Sedano, I, you know? Yeah. Everybody knows Yo, who he is, Cap. Come on. I, yeah. I don't call it guac, though, either. Yeah, it's guacamole. Yeah, but he yeah. did earlier call it, like, avocados, where you really anglicized it, the way I well, heard Well, then it. I said aguacate. It's right aguacates. After. We say, I say avocados, too. Aguacates, avocados. I do it for you, Cap. Thank you. I need it. Yeah. I thought you were going to teach me But I give the espanol. Spanish, too. Right. I said mm-hmm. avocado and then aguacate. Say aguacate. 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 Oh, see, there you go. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. No. Lindsay, can you say aguacate? Aguacate. Hey! Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know. There when Boomer go. says it, it sounds like some character in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, uh, it sure you, does, Cap, is, when you say it like that. You I know. know. I was talking about you. That <laughs> is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, real quick, to finish up that McVeigh conversation, I feel like, Kaplan, what's happening there with Aaron Donald and Sean McVeigh when there are these alleged stories about potentially them retiring, like, again, you, you, you're putting yourself in their shoes. Like, if it were my life, I would, this is what I would do. But again, you know, we don't know the, the intricacies of their life. And, you know, like, if you're Sean McVeigh, think about it this way, right? You're making $8 million a year, which is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. He's like a mm-hmm. top-five paid coach. But Bill Belichick's making, like, $18 million. You're like, hey, you know, I just got a Super Bowl now. I'm the youngest guy to ever do it. I mean, I probably should get more than eight now. Right. Well, you know? maybe that's maybe that's why you even say something like, I'm contemplating potentially retiring at a very early age. Right. Maybe that's because that's a way of saying to the Rams front office, dude, we can't let him go. He deserves to be the highest paid coach in football. Let's pay him $18 million a year. Right. And not only that, but he, he, he does have – I, I mean, I think it's fairly obvious we'd all agree that he has a, if he wanted it, a real future in broadcasting, right? Like, he does, there's no but, question but, about that. Yeah, but listen, I mean, look, I think it's become vogue for the networks to go after guys who's who aren't quite done yet. You know, um, Tony Romo came out of football, immediately stepped into a number one job at CBS, and then turned himself into a $17 million a year broadcaster. Um, Drew Brees, you know, he could have kept on playing, but... He had the job. I mean, he was pretty NBC. washed at the end. That that arm was pretty bad. I will I will go with that. But all I'm saying is is that they pulled him out of football with an attractive offer, and mm-hmm. so that's why there was so much talk about Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton was going to leave the Saints. I'm trying to remember who else it was. It was Sean Payton. It was Sean McVay, and there was like a third coach that they were talking about that networks were going to try and grab one of these guys and try and persuade them to leave their coaching job. But as much as you're saying that I'm looking at the McVeigh situation through my eyes, not his, I'm also looking at it through the eyes of coaches. You know how many coaches, George, either get fired or retire, and then all of a sudden they want to come back in? They're like, I'm a coach. Yeah, but what, what but why, why, why not leave on your own terms? Like, you can say, 
All right, I won a Super Bowl. I'm the youngest guy to ever do it. I can go broadcast for 10 years. I'm still only going to be 46 years old at that point. I can go back to coaching if I miss it. In the case of Sean McVay, and this is where my opinion is formed, because one thing about Sean McVay that I think we all know, this guy loves football and loves coaching, loves being a leader of men, and yeah. I just see a young guy at 36 years old who's got a ton of energy and has such a bright future now because he's, he's now Super Bowl champion Sean McVay. Yeah. He's not guy who's been to the Super Bowl and was starstruck by Bill Belichick, Sean McVay. He's now in that rarefied air. And I just remember when I was 36 how much energy I had and how much I was looking forward to doing so much more. And I think of Sean McVay as being a guy that looks at himself and says, I love this. Where am I going? I don't want to go anywhere. I'm loving this. Now, I could be way wrong. He might be going, I hate this. This sucks. You know, coaching sucks. There's a lot of pressure. You got to every year refigure out your roster. Uh, you know, there's people wanting to ask me questions all the time and drag me and ask me all these different things. I just yeah. don't see that. I got to talk to Mason in Ireland every week. What a headache that is. You know, they don't yeah. watch my Chunky Soup commercial. What a headache. Yeah. I miss talking to Sedano and Cap. See, that, that is, if, if, he, if you could ask Sean McVay, Coach, do you have any regrets about this season? I think he would say, back in training camp, when we said on the air, hey, McVay is going to be with us every week, and then it didn't turn out. It, it, he was very excited time, to be I, on with us every I week. I think so, too. Yeah. So maybe that's his one regret. But, but if I had to put money on it, you ready? I'll, I'll pose it to you this way. If yeah. I said to you, George, make a bet. Will McVay be back or will he retire? What would no, I would bet on he's back. Okay, and how about Aaron Donald? To defend his title. Okay, right, I agree. How about Aaron Donald? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be less inclined to say he'd be back, but if I had to pick one side, I would still say he's back, but I would be way less inclined. I wonder why nobody's asking Matthew Stafford. Hey, Matthew Stafford, you're 34 years old. You uh, had all these terrible years in Detroit. You well, because there's not the even a rumor or a whisper about it. You know what I, know, I mean? But Whereas the other two have kind of led us to believe that. So. See, I don't even feel like there was a rumor or a whisper about Aaron Donald. I feel like Rodney Harrison must have asked him that, and then he put it out on TV, and then it blows up. Yeah, right. Well, but then it happened. I mean, it just snowballed. And McVay put it out there himself, basically. I think McVay is smart enough to be posturing for the big, big, big money. No, I, I don't think I, – see, but that makes it feel disingenuous. I don't, I don't think that it's just that. I mean, that could be part of the equation, maybe, but, like, I, I, I mean, look, maybe it's because I, I went back and I listened to a lot of the stuff that he did with Jay Glazer, and they had this really interesting conversation once about him and Andrew Whitworth, right? And I, in, in retrospect, I wish we would have had Whitworth on later, and I would have seen this – uh, or before, I would have seen this before or, re- or listened to it before we had him on because they were talking about, the three of them, about like how, you know, mental health, right, basically, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that, you know, we all just kind of need to be more aware of it, whatever. And like Whitworth was saying, yeah, like, you know, sometimes I just got these like gray, foggy days in my head. And mm-hmm. McVeigh, like straight up just like snapped and was like, wow, you have those two? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, because we all have them, right? But you're you're – Especially men, and when you're younger, like when you're young, you're supposed to be like, oh, tough and this and that, and like, you know, nothing should bother you, and you shouldn't have like kind of weird, dreary days and moments. But we all have that stuff. You know, just people now are more willing to admit that stuff, which I think is cool. But I think, in, in, especially in that sport, Scott, which you played for many, many years, 
Like, there's a lot of machismo, you know, when it comes to football particularly, of, like, not admitting weakness, if, and that's not a weakness, but that's obviously was at, there was a time where that was looked upon as a weakness. Um, and I still think there's some of that that's pervasive in the league. So I found that enlightening when I heard him say that stuff. And this is from back early in the season. So, like, I, I do think there's some of that. And, and, look, he's been on with us for years, and we've been joking with him about when is this wedding going to happen? It keeps getting postponed. And I would imagine he does want to have a family and all that stuff, and you're not going to have that life of raising your kids the same way if you're stuck in a coach's office 14 hours a day. Well, um, here's a word that Sean McVay should learn then. You ready? Delegation. You're the head coach. You're the boss. Easier said than done. I, I Very, very much so. No question about it. But, again, I just look at Sean McVay as a very energetic guy who is, and I'm going to use this word, addicted to football and so i don't see sean mcveigh at the absolute height of his career just got his quarterback has maybe the best defensive player that we've ever seen has turned cooper cup and i when i say he has turned uh cooper cup has turned himself but he has one of the the best receiver in the entire nfl who had the best season that any nfl receiver has ever had he's got something right now that it, it would seem to me to be very hard to walk away from all right speaking of walking away Van Jefferson's wife walked away at the last available second. Literally. We'll explain what that's all about in a couple of minutes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. <laughs> Which is your favorite vacation movie? You know, I got to say, I'm probably partial to the original Vacation, oh, which is no the way. one where Clark W. Griswold had the family truckster and they were driving cross-country so that they could get to Wally World. Um, the next one, though, European Vacation was the second one, wasn't it? European was your, Vacation was the second one. Which is the one and where they're Christmas driving around. Vacation, I think, is the most iconic one. Christmas Vacation? Yeah. I, the European vacation is the one where they're driving around and around and around Big Ben and he can't get over because he's Correct. driving the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, I like the ones that had Anthony Michael Hall as the son, which, by the way. The first is, two. Yeah. yeah. Is, does Joe Burrow look like an athletic Anthony Michael Hall from all a those little movies? Bit. A little bit. 16 little Candles bit. and the, yeah, the rest of those movies? Yeah, a yeah. 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 16 Candles, by the way. I saw that during the pandemic again, like during the early stages of the pandemic. It just was on cable. And, um, you know, still kind of holds up in a lot of ways because I think, you know, kids can all relate to being in detention together, you know? That's Breakfast Club. I'm sorry, Breakfast Club, yes. Sixteen Candles is Molly Ringwald 
as like the the lead lead of leads in that one. Sixteen Candles is the one where Anthony Michael Hall is the freshman, and he has to get Molly Ringwald's panties to show everybody at the dance because Correct. they all think he's like the king of the nerds. Right. That's Sixteen Candles. Right. That's the one where she marries the uh, I don't remember Jake, the guy who had the red Porsche. Sound familiar? Yeah, vaguely. Okay, and then Breakfast Club is the one where they're in detention. The, right, Breakfast Club is the detention thing, yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Good movies. Where it's like, it's the stereotype of every single kind of kid in a high school. Right, you had the stoner, the jock, the hot chick, popular girl, right. the nerdy, right. geeky guy. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, what was Ali Sheedy's character where she was like the bag lady girl? No, she was like, yeah, like, um, like a hipster, basically. Yeah, is that what she was? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, Vacation. I love the Vacation movies. Yeah, Christmas, though, dude. Christmas is the best one. You like Christmas Vacation? I like the first one. Oh, my one. God. Randy Quaid is in the movie. It's so good. But isn't like, Randy Quaid in the first one, too, where they have to stop at their place somewhere? Yeah, but somewhere? he's like got a big... But he's back because he wasn't in European Vacation. He has a much bigger role in Christmas Vacation, I believe. Yeah. Uh, European Vacation, is that the one where they're sitting at breakfast and the other couples are like at the next table and they're making I mean, out I don't know anymore, Cap. they're all over each other? 30 oh. years. Like, oh, you don't remember that one? Where, <laughs> I mean, where, you know, Russ says, I remember Daddy's... like five things from the movie because I probably saw it 35 years ago. Well, don't you remember the one scene, though, where Russ is telling Chevy Chase? Like, I just told you I don't remember. Well, I'm about to refresh your memory and you're going to be like, yeah, I do remember it now that you mentioned it. But now you, okay, you know, you're like, no, I don't remember. Go- Go ahead. Go, go. He's like, Dad, he's going to pork her. And he's like, Russ, he's not going to pork her. He's like, yes, Dad, he's going to pork her. He's like, no, Russ, he's not. And they, oh, maybe he is, Russ. That's right. Maybe he is. Like, because these yeah. couple next door, they're like all over each other. You don't remember that scene? Vague recollection. Like, see, well, at least it's vague now <laughs> versus no recollection. Jeez. Do you do this to your kids, too? Do you just badger them until they agree with you? Um, No, I probably sit them down and make them watch the film, you know? <laughs> 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 all right speaking of kids yeah van jefferson's wife Amazing. went into labor okay yesterday this woman was literally ready to pop at any given moment yeah and went to the that is dedication and right. love for your family right. went to the game and had to be taken out on a stretcher according to reports um off to get give birth Van, it's funny because I remember watching the post game and they were interviewing, I don't know if it was Stafford or Cup, somebody from ESPN was doing it, it might have been Diana Rossini, and you see Van Jefferson literally there, his kids are approaching him, they're taking a couple of pictures, and then he rushes off the field. Like, they, yeah. he just had, was there enough to take a few pictures with the, with the kids who were there, I guess, with his brother um, while his wife got transferred over to the hospital. That is real dedication, okay? Let me tell you something. To go into labor at a stadium at the Super Bowl, cool story, but still also super dedication um, to try to see if you can, you know, watch the game right. and watch your husband win the Super Bowl. Right. Van Jefferson's wife is literally trying to hold it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. The baby could be coming at any minute. She's She's getting the pains. She's timing out the contractions. And she's like, I got to hold it in. I got to tell you so, something. Yeah, he, go ahead. He, he, here's why women are so much tougher than men. Okay. okay? Labor. That's it. They One win. Word. One word. They win. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Okay. If that was you or me, we would be like crying the whole time. Crying. But here's the thing. Let me. Let Especially me ask you. This. 
Well, well but, but here's what I would do. You ready? I mean, you cried when you hit your shin bone against like a thing out there with Lindsay. What are you talking about crying and hit my shin bone? I, I freaking broke my leg last Thursday. Yeah, you cried when I called you a boomer. Yeah. Well, I you mean, hurt you my feelings. That too. You hurt me. You, you hurt my feelings, name caller. <laughs> yeah, could you name caller? I feel like we're back in third grade. Well, that's name what it caller. is. It's like dealing with a third grade, third grader. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you white guy boomer who didn't Talk know about the, the song. breakfast club. I mean, like, seriously. I'm not serious. <laughs> Cap, you're so I mean, sensitive. you did bring up the breakfast club, and you were quoting, like, vacation <laughs> and European vacation, a movie I haven't seen in 35 years. Well, listen, I got oh. a good memory. What do you want me to tell you? You know? <sighs> but let me say something about this Van Jefferson situation. Yes, tell me. Think about in his mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, your wife had to be rushed to the hospital yeah. because she can't hold it in anymore. Right. You know, I mean, the, you can see the baby's, you know, he, he's coming. She's coming. It's happening. Okay, so I the, the right thing for me to do is I got to haul ass. I got to get done here at the stadium. Yeah. Let me go change my gear real quick. Yeah. And let me, now it would have been funny if he would have left the stadium in uniform. That would have been very funny. I mean, uh, Meta World Peace did that when they won the championship. He was out in his jersey the whole night. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that if he would have just left in his cleats and in his uniform, all sweaty and gross. Yeah, shells and, and all. Yeah. Right. Ran to the hospital and was, and was taking pictures in his uniform. That would have been very funny. But in, in one sense, I'm being serious here. Like, okay, we just won the Super Bowl. Everybody's celebrating, confetti's flying, yeah. champagne's being popped, interviews yeah. are being done. This yeah. is a yeah. once Mason is there in the crowd somewhere. Don't don't forget about that. Yeah. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right? Once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But my my wife is having a child right now. Also once in a lifetime. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many kids he has in advance, or no. But or, I'm just saying, like, he has a couple of kids, but that one child is only going to be born once. Right, Dad. How come you weren't there when I was born? Because I had just won the Super Bowl. It's kind we, of a cool story to tell your kid. We were having a, we were having a, a post game celebration in the locker room, and so you know, I, I had to make a decision: do I go to the birth of the baby? Well, no, or, he couldn't go to the birth of the baby. My get Well, maybe he made it for the birth of the baby, though. Well, the pictures on social media, they don't show the birthing. They just show the baby on well, his chest. Well, uh, I guess during the game is when she left to go into labor because I remember somebody, one of the um, reporters that were there said, I'm pretty sure I just saw uh, Van Jefferson's wife, wife. being carried out on a stretcher. Right. But what happened was she asked the Rams and security and everyone not to tell him. She did not want him to know because she didn't want him to leave the game. Oh, my God. What a baller she is, right? She is a tremendous baller. Like, yeah. that woman deserves – I mean, first of all, as I mentioned, childbirth already incredibly difficult, and women, you all deserve love just for the ability to do that. Um, and it's – and just not only – you know, not to mention the ones who actually endure it. Um, it just shows you're way tougher than us. <laughs> and then the other part of the equation is that, yeah, she's just like, no, let him compartmentalize and focus on the game, win the game, and then come be with us. I got to say, it, it, the, the conflict, the inner conflict that I think a person could have. He didn't seem to have this conflict. He seemed to have gotten off the field, changed his gear, and, and was running out off. of the tunnel yeah. and ran yeah. to the hospital. Right. You know, whereas some people be like, oh, my God, like she's having the baby. I want to be there. But the guys, we just won the Super Bowl. I want to be here. What do I do? I don't know what to do. So when my first child was born, um, it was during the day. So we, uh, you know, I was very much active 
you know, and it was the first one, you're kind of freaking out. Second one, we had to go at night, and there was a second bed there, so I fell asleep. And then all of a sudden, I hear my wife go, hey, wake up. They're here. And it was like, oh, wow, this is happening. Let's go. Mm. All right. Let me just uh, get ready. All Let right. me tell you, I'm I had one. My third kid, George, yeah. I'll never forget, I left my now ex-wife, and before I left the house, I said, listen, you cannot have this baby tonight. Just hold on until I get home because I had to go host an event. It was like, I, I remember it was the Holiday Bowl. I don't remember. It was Washington State. I, I don't remember exactly who they were playing. But Wait a second. You remember like scenes from the, uh, from like, you know, European vacation and you, right. you don't remember Cap what happened Lind. the day your child yeah. was born? Well, he doesn't even know their birthdays. Come on, remember that? Well, that's no, true. I've memorized their, their birthdays, birthdays now, Laura. That, yeah. I've memorized their birthdays. Uh-huh, I've, I've sure got you it have. down. No, okay. I have. I've got it down. But, okay. but I don't remember who they were playing Washington State. But the what coach, year was this? This is like probably 2003 probably. or four. No, no, three. It was 2003 because my third child was being born. So um, actually it was, yeah, it was December of 2003. Okay. So I go to this event and I'm, I'm going to be the person that's going to interview. I'm almost Washington sure Washington State and Texas. Correct. So it was Mac Brown was the coach of Texas, as I recall. Yeah. And the coach of Washington State was like Mike Price. Does that December sound December right? 23rd, 2003. Okay, that was going to be the game. But the, the big ceremony a couple weeks in advance of the game was going to be the two coaches, and I'm going to interview the two coaches in front of you know a very big crowd of people. Right, right, right. right. You're going to be the man there. So I, I go down to the event. I leave my wife with her girlfriend, and I say to her, I go, hold it. Just hold it in. I'll be back. We'll do it tonight or tomorrow. Hold it in. So I go down. I get a phone call. My, my wife's girlfriend's like, it's happening now. Sorry, there's nothing she can do. She's trying to hold it in. She can't hold it in. <laughs> What kind of advice is that? Hold it in. I know. Like like she's making that, a dude. Exactly you know what I mean? Like so seriously. Horrible. That's right. what happened to my mom, remember? So bad. So so let me tell you what happens. So I say to this coach, Mike Price. Yeah. I say, Coach, listen, I, can I ask you for a piece of advice right now? He goes, Yeah, go ahead. I said, I tell him the whole story, just like I told you. He goes, Listen. He goes, When you drive the ball down the field and you're on the one yard line and you're going in you got to take it over the goal line. I said, what does that mean, coach? He said, it means get the hell out of here. Go to be with your wife. And so somebody filled in, did the interview, no problem. I ran to the hospital, and not long thereafter, the baby was born. Yeah, and that guy was was who? Do you know who filled in for you? Yeah, I do remember the guy's name. His name was Bruce Binkowski, and he was the executive director of the Holiday Bowl. So he knew the coaches, and he knew the situation. So he I was going to say it was like someone like who's like, young and like famous right now like spiroditas right no, like it also no. that was like his jumping off point no he was and old and irrelevant you could have then. been spiroditas yes. yeah he was he was old and irrelevant then he's older and more irrelevant even now no disrespect to my man bruce but yeah. i had to leave because the game time it was happening yeah poor good van jefferson you. had to leave the celebration but the celebration happened with a baby so good yeah. for him he win-win yes for van jefferson all right Coming up next, Big Deal or No Deal, everyone's favorite segment, back in four minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thank you, Christopher. Take it away, Lindsay. Go ahead, Lindsay. Okay, so nice. He said it twice. I'll take it away again. Go ahead, Lindsay. (laughs) It's okay. So if you guys recall, the first penalty of the Super Bowl last night came after a play on the field. Injured Bengals cornerback Vernon Hargraves ran on the field while wearing shorts and sandals to celebrate an interception before halftime. Hargraves was immediately hit with a penalty for running on the field. And of course, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth ripped Hargraves and said, quote, He's probably going to be out for even longer after this. You know, insinuating that that guy's going to get in big trouble for that. So was this bonehead move by Vernon Hargraves a big deal or no deal? (laughs) It was a big deal. It cost them. I mean, it was a pretty – it's actually if we were sitting there doing the show where we break down the game, we would uh, be talking about that more. But it was like a really dumb play. Like, dude, what are you thinking? You're not in uniform. You can't be on the field. What the hell's wrong with you? To make matters worse, you're an inactive player and you can't put on even just like a pair of shoes. You're wearing slides with socks. I mean, like, dude, get dressed. You're not you're not training. You're not you're not warming up. You're not working with the training staff in some way. Like, put on some clothes, man. At least shoes. But to jump off of a bench when you're inactive and in street clothes, to not know any better. And then to cost your team, and then to have zero impact on the game, but to have your face plastered all over national television while they're making fun of you? Yeah, I'm going to say big deal. Bad look. I kind I felt bad for him because I kind of wondered to myself, you know, maybe he just forgot. Like, he was just in the moment, and for a second, he forgot that he wasn't in uniform. Is that possible? That could have happened, right? I mean, maybe. Yeah, it just got lost in the moment. But Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, him wearing sandals, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. So LeBron James set a record on Saturday, but not the record. After hitting a third quarter three, James officially scored more points all time in the regular season and playoffs combined than any other player. He passed fellow Laker Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the record. And, you know, the NBA considers the all-time scoring record to be regular season only. Thus, Kareem is still number one in the record books as the official scoring champion. Yep. So with that being said, is LeBron's accomplishment a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal. Now, look, when LeBron... what? Yeah, no deal. Because it's not the record that... We're we're not talking about breaking Kareem's regular season all-time scoring record. We're talking about combined numbers. And George, you pointed this out last week when a caller called and said, guys... This is a big story, and no one's talking about it. And you shot it all down and said, no. No, 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 I didn't shoot it all down. I initially thought he meant the regular season record, and then he said that, and I said, oh, I wasn't aware. Well, you, what you went on to say was is that everyone considers the record to be Kareem's regular season scoring record, not Right, but I didn't record. say that this wasn't a big deal either, though. Well, I'm not saying you said it's a big deal. I'm saying, well, I'm saying it's not a big down. deal. 
Well, you yeah. kind of did. But that's neither here nor there. The bottom line is this. The reason I'm saying it's not a big deal is because LeBron won't come on the show. No, no. LeBron has called me and told me he wants to come on the show, but he, he doesn't like your opinion about Darren Ravel, and that's yeah. why thus far he's holding out. I but saw that, Darren Ravel at a, at a party. He was waiting outside as I walked in. I thought. It did was, you tell him you thought he was the worst person on the internet? No, but he was wearing a Bengals jersey. Like, what the hell was up that's with that? Like, a little you're going weird. out to a party in a Bengals jersey? But the last thing about this LeBron situation is this. Obviously, LeBron will, you know, he's, he's continuing to pile up the points, and in, at some time he'll likely pass Kareem. But, you know, yeah. but in a losing effort where you get three shots at the end and you miss the free throw, I mean, that's LeBron James, man. That, that's clutch time. you got to make that shot. That's not a three-pointer with guys in his face. That's, that's a free throw. Yeah, it happens, though. Sometimes you it miss. Does. It does. Yeah. All right, uh, big deal. I mean, whenever you're number one at anything in the history of any sport is a big deal, like just by definition. So, yeah. All right, next. All right, so – Getting back to the Super Bowl, Bengals rookie kicker Evan McPherson was just not going to miss that halftime show at the Super Bowl. As his teammates made their way to the locker room, McPherson stayed on the field to enjoy the big show with Dr. Dre and as Cap would call him Snoopaloop, you know, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, who Cap could have done without, and 50 Cent. No, 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 no. I just the thought second that song. Mary J. Second. Blige's okay. second song okay. was one that I personally didn't yeah. know. No more drama. Well, you could have done without no more drama. Anyway, uh, McPherson stayed for the entire thing, watched the whole show on the field while his teammates were in the locker room. Was this a big deal or no deal, Sedano? That he stayed out to watch it? Yeah, his whole team was in the locker room except him. He was out well, on the field kicker. watching the I mean, he's not show. really part of the game plan. So that's much. why I asked you. Was it yeah, a big no deal big deal, deal. whatever. As, <laughs> long, as long as his coaches were cool with it, what the hell do I care? He's out there usually warming up earlier than most of those guys anyway. He doesn't stick around in the locker room that often. Yeah, I'm also going to go with no deal here. You know, an NFL halftime is really, really, really short. Like, we as home viewers, we don't realize how short it is, but the players, I mean, they're in real quick and they're out really quickly. And the kickers and specialists, they barely ever go in as it is. You run in, you know, you do what you got to do, you get back out, you start warming up again. If I were the kicker of the Bengals, or the Rams for that matter, I'd have been doing the same thing Evan McPherson was doing. I'd be sitting there watching Dr. Dre and Snoop-a-loop and... You know what McPherson said after the game, Lindsay? Did you hear oh, this? For the love of God, here we go. I did did you hear what he said? What did he say? He said he really, really loved Kendrick Lamar, but he didn't know Mary J. Blige's second song, so that was the kind of the part of it that he didn't love so much. That was what yeah. McPherson said. Okay. Good well, that. one thing that you may not, well, you obviously did not know, is that the halftime show at a Super Bowl is about 30 minutes long. So normally it's like, what, 10, 10 minutes? Something like that, 10, maybe 15 minutes. But it's 30 minutes. And a former uh, NFL player that I know said that back when he played in the Super Bowl a couple times with the Patriots, that a lot of the players would take naps, including one Tom Brady taking a nap at halftime during the Super Bowl. So there's something that you, you may not have known. So, yeah, they're longer than a, a regular halftime show. Mm-hmm. Your boyfriend. I think Tom Brady's going to come back and play. Oh, for the love of God. You're just God, hoping. So. Again, all this is you projecting. You want everybody to back. play. Yeah, I do. I do. I want you, them all to play. You, you would Because you would want to play. Yeah. I, I mean, if, you can't even you, – you have trouble telling Rachel you wanted to stay home to watch the game by yourself for your job. And, you, you know, you think, you know, you think you're going to tell Giselle you're not going to retire? Well, it's – you know, listen, I would have a lot more clout if I had Tom Brady's rings and money. No, you'd still fame. be this 
you know, cowardly lion from, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland or you whatever. Think, you think that if I switched spots with Tom Brady. Yes. And I had his fame and his looks and his money and everything else. Deep down, you'd still be you. You're saying that I would just be petrified of my wife even if I were Tom Brady. Yes, 100%. Especially considering it's Giselle. Yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, my God, is she going to ever break up with me? Is she going to divorce me? She's Giselle. She's one of the most beautiful women ever. Like, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. You know, Victoria's Secret model. Oh, my God. You still have that in your head. That's you. Can't take that out of you. You may be right. I don't know for sure. You may be right. Not positive, but you might be right. If I had Tom Brady's looks, money, and success, no, I you'd might have still a be you. You just would be Tom Brady in Tom Brady's place. You'd still be Scott Kaplan. I don't know. Well, you I don't can get tell to you actually this. like body snatcher trade with him or anything like that. You know, like yeah, that's not how this works. Well, he wouldn't have seven Super Bowls if he had my brain. I can tell you that. Well, that's probably true too. He may not even have Giselle to be honest with you. So there's probably that. wouldn't. Right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Linz, do we have time for one more, or are we done? Come on, uh, one more. Do, Come on. Quickly, more. quickly, quickly. quickly. On, we have less more. than a minute. Right. Go. All right. And if we have less than a minute, this one is going to be longer than that. Okay, do you have anything less than a minute that we could do? No, both the ones I have are pretty long. All right, then we're done. Well, then all right, the maybe we'll sneak it. one on the other side. Hey, real quick, caller number <laughs> – I was going to joke and say 99, which I'm not going to do because Laura's going to get really upset. For Aaron Donald, we did right. one for Cooper Cup. We did one for Matthew Stafford, you know. Just because you say caller 99, Laura could answer the first call and say you're caller 99. I mean, she's no, really, that's not that's how, not how you, you have to take 99. Are there official rules, really? Yes, yes there, there are official rules. rules. There have been stations that have been fined heavily for stuff oh, like that really? that you're saying. Okay, don't tell them that we're doing that. All right, we're going to make it in honor of Odell, who we'll talk about a little bit on the other side. Uh, also, Cap is going to be petty in a moment. Um, I'll explain that in a moment. In about three minutes. Uh, but caller three in honor of Odell. 877-710-ESPN. We'll make it easier for Laura. Wins a Rams championship hat. I love the way. I love the way. Now, when Kiki used to work with me back in the day, mm. I used to do a uh, Anthony Hopkins Silence of the Lamb impersonation that would drive her nuts. She's not there anymore, but I would just do that. I'd just be like, hello, Clarice. Would you like uh, some Chianti and some fava beans? <laughs> <laughs> but that was from the actual last one. That was the second movie, the, the sequel. Or the first one, I remember when they were filming that because when I was in school, when I was in college, they filmed a, one of the big scenes was there on campus and we were all like standing around watching them shoot this this part of the movie which you know back then you're like okay great they're shooting a movie on campus kind of cool and then it became silence of the lambs you're like damn we were there watching them shoot that thing it was cool that's a yeah. long time ago it's got to be what 80 i'm trying to think of the year it was when they were shooting probably 89 ish mm-hmm. 89 yeah that was pretty cool yeah 89 was when the movie came out yep mm-hmm. yeah so maybe it was 88 then yeah they were shooting it that's cool so, yeah, couple of things. Yeah, because you said I was going to be petty. I can't wait. I love to be petty. You are, you are going to be petty. Because I'm a low road guy, George. There's some people who like to take the high road. I like yeah. the low road. Yeah, yeah. By the way, let's take the high road for a second here. You were, yeah. you've already clearly admitted you were wrong about Matthew Stafford. You, can, will you also admit you were wrong about Odell Beckham and Von Miller? Oh, dude, wait a second. Forget Von Miller. Odell Beckham, I was way more wrong on Odell Beckham than I was on Matthew Stafford. Way more wrong. When Odell Beckham came, I perceived him to be a locker room cancer. Yes. I perceived him to be a guy who was self-centered and only cared about him himself, didn't care about winning. But 
what I have learned about Odell Beckham, and I congratulate him for this, and by the way, I feel really bad for the young man to get hurt the way he did in the game and to be a free agent. And, you know, I think everybody assumed that he was going to be back with the Rams, and maybe he still will be. But when you come off another major knee injury, you know, what is your value now? And so I feel terrible for the kid. But, you know, listen, he proved me wrong. And there were a lot of us who thought Odell Beckham's he's just a bad teammate. Turns out he's professional. He cares about winning. The scene after the game with him and Vaughn Miller crying their eyes out to each other uh, and his family, uh, his, I don't know if it was his mom, she, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. She's like, you manifested this. You did this, which was you got out of Cleveland, you got to where you wanted to be, and now you're a Super Bowl champion. More so than Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham proved me way wrong, and I'm really happy for that kid, and I feel terrible for him. No, I feel pretty crappy for him, yeah. I mean, and just like I, – I, right, I'm happy for him and feel crappy for him at the same time because yeah. he was – it looked like he was probably going to be the MVP of the game. I mean, they were rolling on yeah. offense when he was out there. Yeah, he was on fire, man. It wasn't just the first touchdown, too. It was you know, a couple of big plays with run yeah. after the catch. I mean, it, he really looked good, and I feel really, really bad for him to, to get injured the way he did where there's no contact and it's just – just the way his foot got planted. I mean, listen, the guy did the moonwalk earlier on the same turf and didn't yeah. get hurt. You know, yeah. just running a standard play. It's yeah. just a shame. It is. It is a shame. It sucks. Um, but real quick, before we let you go, we'll let you be petty. Yeah. Go ahead. I know you love Eric Weddle right now for what he – not only for coming back and winning a Super Bowl, but because he took a shot at the Chargers. Yeah, I did. I loved it. Um, look, Eric <laughs> Weddle's a great story. You know, look, George, really when you think about the Rams – Matthew Stafford, um, Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham. These are incredible stories. They really are. Mm -hmm. But Eric Weddle, to come out of retirement after two years and to be as important a part of the team as he was, he's in this press conference last night, and he could have very easily have taken the high road and said, hey, look, I came out of retirement. It turned out to be a great thing. Good for me. I'm going back into retirement. Mm -hmm. Instead, Eric Weddle actually opened up a bit last night and in doing so, um, he told everybody what his, his drive was all about. His, his motivation was, I was disrespected by the Chargers. He actually said something like, you know, um, when you treat people good and you're, you're loving towards people and you treat people with respect, you expect that to come back to you. And it wasn't given back to him. I don't know if you know this story or not. Many years ago, he was playing in San Diego and his daughter was part of like the halftime show because she was like a little mini cheerleader. And he stayed out and didn't go into the locker room at halftime, and he watched his daughter play. Um, and by the way, the team was like, I don't know, 4-12 and 12 at the time or something. And they fined him $10,000, and it really irritated him. And then he got into a contract dispute with the team, and they pretty much told him, we don't think you're as, as good as you think you are or as what your resume says you are. And he felt disrespected. And for him to only played one year for the Rams several years ago and be welcomed back and be like an immediate team leader – it just goes to show you who Eric Weddle is in terms of the NFL, how people respect him. To take his shot at the Chargers and say, I always knew I was going to have the last laugh. And the last laugh for Weddle is, I won a Super Bowl with the Rams in L.A. in the stadium that Kroenke built that Spanos borrows every other Sunday. I thought what Eric Weddle said after the game, for those of us who are former San Diego Charger fans and now are Charger haters, I freaking loved it. <laughs> so loved petty. it spoke You're... to Weddle this morning and was like dude you have made so many people so proud 
And he was like, yeah, dude. I, I and by so many too. people, I mean me. I mean me and like two or three other people I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Millions. This is like usually when you say like thousands of yeah, people millions. are telling you and it's millions. like one person on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Millions of people. Yeah. Millions. Right. Sorry. Millions. Does that sound petty? Because if it didn't sound petty, I can. I don't know. Hold on. Let's go more. around the horn here. Let's go around the horn here. Linz, do you think that's petty? Um, sure. But, you know, that's what Cap like says he, he does best. Lauda? <laughs> I mean, it's Cap. It's hella petty. It's not just petty. It's hella petty. I have a question yeah. for everybody. Mm. Yes. If I'm being hella petty. Yeah. Was Weddle being hella petty? Oh yeah, there's no question. But oh, yeah, you, but he's but, a champion. But yeah, I right, stand with Weddle. but but with he's Weddle. the guy who was in this case done wrong. Like, what were you done wrong in this situation? Well, I mean, listen, I was done wrong as in you know I fought and tried to keep that team in its rightful hometown. And those guys, let me tell you something. We talk about the Rams being the big winners in all of this. Yeah, you know the big losers. Really, and I, I look, the average fan may not be thinking about this, but the biggest losers in all this were the Chargers. Because while the Rams not only won the Super Bowl on their home turf and in their hometown, the Chargers were going further and further and further backwards. Because now it's not just about the fan base, now it's about the business side of things, too. And the Rams are the winners. They are the winners, they are the champions. The, the champions, mm -hmm. as David Stern used to say back in the day. Champions. Uh, all right, we're done here, Kaplan. Excellent work despite the pettiness. Listen, I'm pro-petty, and remember, I'm a low-roader rather than a high-roader. Great job today, everybody. We're back manana. All right, yeah. Why, why'd you steal my line? Lindsay and Laura, great job. Uh, the young man who's sitting in for Laura right now, I, don't, I didn't catch your name. What was it? Will, thank you. Great, great job as well. All right, we're done here. We'll see you manana.